Bet365 sponsors our podcast and they feature over 300,000 sporting events on their betting app. It's got everything you need to bet on sport. The domestic season may be over, but we still have the closing stages of the Champions League and the Europa League. All right, lads, don't rub it in to play. And Bet365 are offering a wide range of markets, including first, last or any time goal scorers with over 45 million members. It's the world's favourite online betting company. With the Bet365 Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals and more to create your own personalised bet. And if you can't watch the games live, with Bet365's Match Live feature, you can follow every moment through live graphics and text. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sport betting company and the app can be downloaded from Google Play and Apple App Store over 18s only. Please gamble responsibly. Hello and welcome to the Molyneux View podcast with your discombobulated host, Jackie Oatley, and your soon-to-be-rested Wolves correspondent for The Athletic, Tim Spears. Hello, Tim. Hello, Bab. Do you know what? I feel like old Rose here. You know the elderly lady in Titanic, the movie, the one that's now a gif on WhatsApp when she goes, Uh, it's been 84 years since Wolves started their season. Was she a was she? I think I might have missed that in the film. (laughs) Do you know, wouldn't it have been brilliant if she was, instead of instead of being just slightly posh American, if she was a yam-yam, that would have been brilliant. But even she couldn't remember when Wolves started their season against Crusaders last year. And now it is time to do a bit of reflection on the final podcast of the 2019-2020 season. We'll have Matt Jarvis joining us shortly with his expert analysis. And we're going to do our end of season awards today. We'll do some alternative ones as well as the, the obvious ones. And then next week, we'll take just a single week's break. And then it's full steam ahead into the 2020-21 season. Tim taking a little week off and we'll have a, a mystery guest after that. And then he'll be back in three weeks. But how are you, Pet? Good. Um, I'm glad, yeah, glad that uh, Sevilla won last night. Uh, I'm okay. I'm a bit um, disconcerted. There's no other way to say this, and I was going to bring it up on the phone with you earlier, but I thought I'd save it for the pod. Um, something's done a poo in my living room, and I, and I don't know what it is. What? <laughs> what? Oh, dear. I came back in the living room yesterday. It's bigger than a 2 piece. I've Googled it. It's either a rat or a squirrel, and there's no rats oh, around here. We've, we've got a squirrel infestation in, in the grounds. In the gra- I live in an apartment block, but that's not the grounds of my house. And uh, so we left the windows open, went out for a few minutes, popped back up, and there it was, right in the middle of the floor. Oh, that's gross. Well, how, how much do you leave your windows open? Like, how big well, are they? Are they these pretty, massive old-fashioned ones? It was pretty hot. I'm going to send. I'm going to. I'll send you a picture. Oh. If you want, if you like. Um, you send me a poo picture. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be the first one. There's always some strange guys on here. You, 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 remember, you remember Lou Rollgate from the start of lockdown? Where yes, I do. Generated, uh, donated me a toilet roll, but never owned up to who it was. That's still a mystery. And now there's, now there's poos in my flat. It's, it's all a mystery. But it's definitely animal poo, right? <laughs> I thought it did cross my mind. You know, some yeah. scorned ex-girlfriend might have just popped in and left a special Nathan delivery. Nathan Judah. <laughs> anyway so that's what's going on in my life well that is breaking news in fact isn't it oh my goodness are you sort of a little bit rested i know you haven't actually had any holiday yet you're having a couple of weeks off but do you feel a bit sort of calm a bit less emotional than when we last spoke to you which was the morning after you were in germany with your terrible wi-fi after 
balls went out of the Europa League eventually. Yeah, it feels weird not having a game to look forward to, and you know, fixtures aren't out yet, so we've got we've nothing to plan for at the moment. But that's you know that's nice, and the players will appreciate that as well. A bit of actual time off for the first time in yeah 13, 14 months. Mm, I bet they haven't gone camping like I did at the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> a bit classier places than that. It was. Uh, we came back a day early in the end. Jamie, my husband, wanted to watch the uh, the Man United game and then slept all the way through it, having uh, having dealt with all the rain and everything that uh, that camping brings. Um, not to be recommended if you um, if you like a nice life. But anyway, I'm not talking to you at the moment. Why? I've, what, gone, what, off, what I've I gone off. Well, I am talking to you because I have to, but I have actually gone off you. What have I done? Well, I read your article, your behind the scenes of Wolves Europa League campaign. Yeah. That article. And it was good, but it just made me so insanely envious of the season that you personally have just had. That A lot of Wolves fans took part in a lot of it, and I'm envious of them too, because I couldn't get to go to away ends in Europe and what have you. But you were there the whole distance. You were there for every single home and away trip in Europe. And it looks incredible. The detail in your article, just wish I could have been there. It just looks amazing. Have you loved it? Cheers, Bab. It's it's been it's been the, the adventure of a lifetime, I guess. Uh, a, a year a year of travelling around Europe. What nine nine countries? It's been nonstop. It's been relentless, but it's it's been unbelievable fun. It's been it's been. I never expected that this would happen in my lifetime. So to have the privilege of going to every game, I'm just honoured, blessed, grateful, thankful, and gutted that we're not doing it again next year. Even though it's been exhausting, but um, it's been amazing, Jackie. It has. I mean, you might have thought Anglo-Italian Cup, maybe, if they brought that back. Do you remember? I don't know if you remember. <laughs> yeah. Briefly, when, um, yeah. Do you remember Udinese and teams like that? We had we had people like Oliver Bierhoff at Molyneux and, and you know, I think there were about 3,000 fans, 4,000 fans or something like that. Maybe something we could have dreamt of, but this is Torino business. And even, even going to Armenia and all the crazy stuff that happened and that the Wolves found that, that ghosted into the stadium and wasn't supposed to be there and then all the home fans who were supposed to be banned but there's just so many stories but I do urge you to go and read that article it will make you insanely jealous although if you were there most of the way then then you'll have experienced it and well done you but it is well, brilliant well, to read about you know, this season yeah it, it just it won't happen again you know if they're back in Europe it won't feel as as brand new and as and as exciting and as, as adventurous as it has this season and you know a lot of clubs get in the Europa League and it's a booby prize but but for Wolves it was um the culmination of, of an incredible couple of years under Nuno and Fosun and there just won't there won't be that kind of wide-eyed innocence at wow we're in Europe wow we're going to Armenia you know wow we're going to Belfast you won't really get that again because it's that that first time can never be replicated so this season will always certainly hold a special place in my heart and 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 for all the supporters as well very special especially because they're not going to be in it next season they've got to earn the right to get back into it haven't they I mean we'll come on to all those different issues of of what they have to do in the summer very shortly we're going to have our end of season awards which will be a little bit of fun as well everyone's talking about how the severe game was a bridge too far and then when you watch that match against Manchester United were you thinking oh it should have been Wolves or was there part of you thinking do you know what they wouldn't actually have got past this stage they didn't have enough in the tank they weren't going to win it so in a way where they finished was fair enough. I didn't watch it because I couldn't bring myself to watch it, but I am happy that Sevilla beat Man United. And I don't think Wolves would have beaten Man United personally. Um, the chances that, that United were said to have created and played pretty well, I listened to it on the radio, and played pretty well. I, I don't think Wolves would have beaten Man United, so I would rather that they would lose to Sevilla in the quarters than Man United in the semis, 
personally. Yeah. And yeah. Slightly yeah. annoying though. United weren't great. They really weren't. And they didn't have a lot on the bench. But I mean, fair play to Severe. It's all a waste of time talking about it now, isn't it? But it is a case of what might have been. It, it is. It is. But we're not talking about any injustice here. I know we spoke about this last week. I know VAR and it was a late winner. But really, it was a fair result. And Wolves did exceptionally well to get that far. I mean, they were, they were knackered against Olympiacos and probably lucky to get through that one. So... They just petered out in the last few weeks, but but to get where they did last day, seventh in the league, it's a great achievement. It really is. Okay, so what are the players doing now? They're on holiday. They don't have a great deal of Holly time Bobs. off. Interesting to see some of them on Instagram and seeing where they were. The likes of Pedences and this beautiful island off Croatia, isn't it? Blue Lagoon, something or other. Oh, that looks gorgeous. Um, Matinho is in Portugal, which I'm guessing if he's there, a few of the others might be, mm-hmm. which yeah. makes it very interesting in terms of the 14-day self-isolation, which does apply to footballers as well. Yeah, they've got a bit of time to play with and they want to go home. You know, Willy Bolly's gone gone back to France. Um, they want to go see their families. I'm, I don't I don't know, but I'm, I'd, be, I'd be almost certain that Nuno's gone back home as well. And yeah, there is this issue of quarantine and season starts in less than a month. So if they're going to do two full weeks of training at Compton, then they need to be back now, really. So <laughs> for, exactly. uh, for September the 1st, back in training. However, I wonder if there'll be allowances and maybe they'll train at home for a little bit and keep their fitness up. You know, we saw during lockdown, they all got sent these um, very high-tech machines that kept them very fit. And I wonder if that'll be the case again that you know, if they've got a quarantine for two weeks when they come back, then part of that can be done at home as long as they're kind of keeping their, their fitness up, which I'm sure they will. You know, Last summer they had time off and, and they all came back in great shape. The, the old pre-season days of putting on weight and eating and drinking are, are long gone. Like bully days. He used to talk about that, didn't yeah. he? When he used to come back, was it half a stone or a stone overweight? And then he'd just lose it. That was just what no they used problem. to do, wasn't it? Yeah, and they, they yeah it standard. In the yeah. first few weeks yeah. of pre-season. But yeah, so there's no issue with the condition they'll come back in, but there is a technical issue as to when and where they can they can return and where they've got to be. But, you know, the, we know there are people employed at the club to oversee all this and I'm sure there'll be no issues. They are experts in that. But if you're listening to this on Tuesday, then September the 1st is two weeks today which is the 14 days of quarantine. So you do wonder how they're going to get around that. But obviously it's all planned. It's all above board. And no doubt they'll be fit and ready to go. And certainly more than anything, they need a break, don't they? I did notice from Matinho's picture. I don't know if he'd just gone to a golf course, but did you see in the background, there were a couple of bunkers. Maybe he's got a golf course on his actual estate where he lives. I'm fascinated by that. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, some of the videos he was putting out in lockdown, he, yeah, he's, he's got acres. I mm. mean, you, you, you would do, wouldn't you? Have you got a, a golf course in your back garden? Um, I haven't even got any. Haven't got any sand for a start. There's no. There's no grass no. to speak of. To be honest, no. no sadly no. not. You get them from early learning centre though. Those little. Those little things. <laughs> I mean, we've got that. That's about it. Um, and we've got a lot more baby news, which is wonderful. They are absolutely. Well, we, we, we haven't. But other no. <laughs> No, nothing to report there. Absolutely not. And I'm never having any more. That is for sure. Um, But baby news, Jota. Congratulations to Diogo Jota on Instagram announcing his first baby due in February. And it seems, Tim, they've been quite busy at the same time, some of these players. Well, everyone had a bit of time on their hands in April and May. We can see what Wolves (laughs) did with with that time. (laughs) Yeah, Ruben Neves' third baby also due in February. He's still only going to be 23 when his third baby is due so I'm um, like Connor Cody having him young and Johnny's due end of September early October he's had his operation all on track and, and they're thinking maybe about six months out 
I think for the grade of injury that he's got, about six months sounds sounds about right. But that's the initial prognosis. Obviously, post surgery, it can all change again. But um, I would say between six and nine, but they'll hope for six. In other news, Postmandan has asked, did we get extra transfer money for Cav and Costa due to the promotion of Fulham and Leeds? Yes, this is something we were told a little while ago was uh, on the cards. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there was a story out in the mail online this this morning, five million for the pair on top of what has already been paid. I mean, obviously all this is going to come in instalments. It's not, it's, not, it's not straight in the bank account. And I think Costa's fee is spread equally over the four years he's contracted to lead. So that'll be five million a season for the next sort of four years. Won't be surprised if Caballeros is, is similar. So, but hey, great deal. And they, they do well with all their sales. I mean, getting their money back for, for Catroni, which will go through soon and and others, you know, they, they seem to do very well when they sell these players on. They drive a, good, drive a hard bargain. Yeah, great bit of business there. I mean, they really do deserve credit for that because that is fantastic business. Any word on transfers, comings, goings, or is it too early? Still still too early, still figuring out their options and their priorities. There's a lot of work to do in terms of outgoings, um, lots of loans to sort out. We saw Will Norris leave the club this week to get to Burnley, which is a surprise move, but a good one for him. Is it a good one for him? Is it, he's not going to play, though, is he? He's, he's a very good young goalkeeper. And he's mo- Nick, I guess he's Nick moved Pope is from- absolutely nailed on number one. Yeah, but he's, what, fifth choice at Wolves probably now, or he had been. So to move up to third, if he's third choice there, now Joe Hart's gone and he'll probably get a loan out as well. So he's probably in the same situation he was, but maybe with a pay rise and a, and a better contract because he was out of contract next summer. They're all good at collecting very good goalkeepers there, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so lo- lots of loans to sort out. In terms of incomings, I mean, Wolves don't really do a glut of signings, do they? And, um, you know, we, we know that Nuno wants a tiny squad. Still, that hasn't changed. It's still going to be 17, 18, 19 senior players, unless he has a major change of heart. But I've heard him speak passionately about that subject time and again. So in which case, you know, players have got to leave as well. Um, If they're going to keep this tight-knit squad, um, people on the fringes, Max Kilman, Morgan Gibbs-White, Jordao, Campana, you know, if they're going to bring players in, there's got to be a shift and some of these players have got to go out, either on loan or permanently. So so quite a lot of work to do in not a very... very, um, big space of time yeah and in terms of strengthening this summer which ones would you say which positions would you say it's essential to strengthen in and which ones do you think it's preferable and beneficial I think and I think a lot of fans agree with this that you're looking at the spine you're looking at upgrading a centre half which they've tried to do they tried to do with Vallejo last summer didn't work you know they need to get that right this year Saiz has been excellent but I still I still have him down as a bit of a stopgap and an excellent squad player but you know for where they want to be. I'm not sure he's a top four centre-half, personally. And then midfield, Matinho, tired towards the end of the season, influence waned a bit as the season went on. I think I think you need either a successor to him or a different type of midfield player. I want to see Neves move up the field, personally. You know, you've got to think about how this team is going to evolve now. And I want I want Ruben Neves to, to step up and be a, a top, top quality Premier League midfielder. So I think you need to free him up a bit more. And obviously, you need, you need competition for Jimenez. Again, they tried that last summer with Catrone. Again, they've got to get that right this summer. They have to. Recruitment was poor last year. That's what I'm sure that's what Nuno was referring to with his with his post severe comments, with the mistakes they've made. So they've set very high standards. They've done exceptionally well, but the, the recruitment's got to kick on now. And there is a, there is a slight issue there. Kevin Thelwell's gone. You know, we spoke about that at length at the time as to what a blow that was to the club. He's not been replaced. They've got a new committee style in place of that with Jeff Shee at the top. And no one specifically hired to re- to replace Kevin Thelwell. So interesting to see how that works out. And that will really be, be put to the test over the next few weeks. 
Hi there, I'm David Ornstein and I've launched a brand new show on YouTube, Ask Ornstein, where I answer questions from our athletic subscribers. To get your question answered, simply leave a comment at the bottom of my column every Monday and I'll choose my favourites. To watch the show, head over to the TIFO Podcast YouTube channel and a new episode will be up every Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, we're going to do our own Molyneux View end of season awards shortly after we've spoken to Matt Jarvis. But first, we don't normally get a chance to mention each squad player. I mean, you mentioned a few there, but let's just have a whiz through and see if you can give us your bullet point assessment of their season. Is that all right with you? Let's do it. Marvellous. So Connor Cody has played the most minutes of any player almost in the world, pretty much. Start with him. Inspirational. He's on the path to greatness at Wolves, I think. Five years at the club now and an exceptional leader. I think he'll be considered one of the great Wolves captains. I really do, especially if if they go on to win a trophy, you know, while he's still in the team. He had a rocky start to the season. He was being questioned a lot when Wolves had a bit of a defensive blip at the start. But he's recovered and proved himself at this level. And lockdown has proved to me how how important he is to the organisation of this team. It's not a team of big characters and leaders, but he, he brings it all together. They'd struggle without him, I think. Leander Dendonka. Yeah, he's been very, very consistent. An exceptional engine. Never, ever stops running. If you just watch him during a game, he never, ever stops. I think he's one that's maybe vulnerable when they're looking to sort of evolve this team. You know, he's not technically as gifted as the others, but he'll do a job. He'll run all day and uh, he's had a good season, he has. He's played in every game, as has Raul Jimenez. 17 goals from 38. Just unbelievable. He's a superstar. He's somehow improved, you know, despite being completely shagged out in the in the past few months. It's Technical been ridiculous. term. <laughs> <laughs> it's been unbelievable. He's, he's it's somehow improved on last season and it's imperative that they keep him. Joao Moutinho. He's, as I said earlier, he's influenced did Wayne a bit as the season went on and you wonder if that's down to tiredness and you've got to take his age into account. He's 34 very soon. He needed a break more than anyone, but I, I certainly wouldn't write him off from being a, a first-choice midfielder for this club next season. Ruben Neves. Consistent, again, improved as the season went on, like Cody. Uh, I just want to see him step up now and dominate games. You know, he did improve as the season goes on. I do like him further forward. I think his passing range is as good as anything I've seen at Molyneux in my lifetime. And they need to exploit that a bit more in in the final third. Rui Patricio has also played every minute of every game. Very good, a marked improvement. I was, you know, critical of him last year. Aerial ability and his kicking was woeful. He's ironed out both weaknesses. He's he's reliable now, and he's 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 at times exceptional. It's not a position that you even think about looking at in the summer, which is testament to him. Adama Traore, who's featured in every game bar one, scoring four goals. Just unbelievable improvement. The, the most obvious improvement I've probably ever seen in a Wolves player from one season to the next. And he's probably given me more joy than any Wolves player I can ever remember. I just absolutely love watching him. He gets you on your feet, he pops your eyes out, he drops your jaw to the floor. He is, he is magnificent. I was watching back some of the goals from earlier. The way he just stays on his feet, even though he gets bumped and barged everywhere. Well, he's absolutely running, brilliant The run in the quarterfinal against Sevilla, you know, he had a quiet game and he can still do that. It's just out of this world. Matt Doherty? Uh, yeah, I think like Jimenez, reached last season's very, very high standard. And goals and assists output is great, despite Traore you know, being in front of him in the team in terms of on the pitch. Um, and still underrated for me, still underrated, one of the best around. Johnny? I think sort of similar to Dendonko, he's very consistent, no frills, gets on with his job, good defensively. You know, again, like Dendonka, is, is he, can he be a top four player for Wolves? He probably needs to do a bit more going forward, but he's, he's very, very consistent and a very good player to have in your team. Jogo Jota, seven goals in 34. 
Yeah, and I think 16 overall in 48, including Europa, boosted by a couple of hat-tricks there. One assist in the league is very, very poor. And he's too streaky. You know, he needs consistency now. He, 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 can, be, he can be a legend, but he needs consistency now. Roman Saiz. I thought he adapted superbly, moving to centre-half. Uh, when there was a problem there, we really bollied being injured. He's done very well. Again, his first team place is a bit vulnerable, but he's, he's in my squad all day. Pedro Neto. Young player of the year, definitely. A bonus. His performance has been a bonus, although at, at, at 22 million for him and Jordao, I, I think that's what you'd expect. Willie Bolly, 22 appearances out of 38, was injured, of course. Yeah, they missed him and the clean sheets they got when he came back in. I mean, the record speaks for itself. It was incredible. Uh, still prone to the odd lapse in concentration, but he's, um, yeah, he's, he's a great defender, he is. Ruben Benagra. Well, it's his big chance now, potentially. You know, if Wolves, Wolves don't bring in a wing back, this is it. This is his big chance. Huge opportunity for the next few months and, uh, and he, he needs to kick on. Ryan Bennett. Outlasted some exceptional players in, in his two two and a bit years. Costa, Cav, Douglas went. He stayed. Not he'll move on now, but I've got nothing to nothing but good things to say about him. Daniel Pedence, one goal in nine in the league. Yeah, sort of a tantalising cameo at the end of the season. There, as, as I think he can have a huge season in in twenty twenty one, and he'll be eyeing Jota's place in the team. Morgan Gibbs White, seven league appearances all season. Neither here nor there, really. I, I think he flatlined, and this is a massive few months for him coming up. Max Kilman, just three league appearances. Great story. He did well in Europe. I remember Bratislava away. He was brilliant. You know, his stats are good. He's a good backup and he's he's done himself proud this season. Jesus Vallejo, we talked about him. He came and went, my goodness. Bruno Jordan, one appearance. Jordan, re- really good when I've seen him for the under-23s. You know, he's confident. He's a positive presence in midfield. And again, next season, uh, he should be getting more minutes. Let's see what he's got. Oscar Burr Rasmussen, what is his future? Well, no his contract was a, big, was a big surprise. Um, I don't see him as being more than a backup, though, from what I've seen of him, which is not a lot. <laughs> Leonardo Campana, interesting one, no appearances. Got nothing to say. I haven't seen him, so can't say. Weird one. Mm, and on the bench a few times, the next lot, Luke Cundle. Yeah, tidy, technically sound. He's, he's tiny as well as tidy. He's only 18 and uh, the hard work starts now for him. Ryan Giles. I don't think we'll see him again out to Coventry for the season on loan, and I, I don't see a future for him at Wolves. Owen Otisawi. Big potential. They like him a lot. USA, youth international, imposing centre-half, uh, technically very good, and probably needs a loan now. Taylor Perry. Yeah, Kings Winford lad. Bit of a breakthrough at the start of the season. Again, again, he'll need a loan, but yeah, he's got he's got a promising future, whether it's at Wolves or elsewhere. And John Ruddy. John Ruddy, great backup. You know, will he want a third season on the bench? I'm not sure, but you know, he's Wolves' keeper, he's Wolves' player, and um, he's a, he's a great backup and a key, still a key influence in the dressing room. And Dion Sanderson coming back from a loan spell at Cardiff. Mm, did really well. Got a good friend of mine, Lee, who's a Cardiff fan. Um, very impressed with him at first. I think he tailed off towards the end of the season, but it's a brilliant low move to get in Cardiff's team. So hopefully he gets back because they've got a chance of um, of top six again next season. Yeah, very promising. As is Luke Matheson. Yeah, uh, not seen much of him, but obviously, you know, there's been articles written on him by myself and others about, about what a fantastic young man he is. So let's see, unless he wows Nuno in pre-season. And he's one that, he'll suffer from lack of proper pre-season because he wants three, four weeks on the training ground and to go to China with, a, with under Nuno's watchful eye, he's not going to get that, unfortunately. So I think a League One, high-end League One loan or a championship loan is, is his immediate future. We know how highly the club rate Christian Marquez, but they don't want to shout about it. Do you think we'll see much of him next season or is it too soon? I mean, he's unlucky that he's in the Cody role, but uh, you're looking initially at uh, the Carabao Cup, 
give him a couple of appearances and yeah, let's see what he can do because they, they do, from what I've heard, very good things about him. Or is Conor Cody unlucky that he's in the Christian Marquez role? <laughs> he's promising, isn't he? We shall see. One for the future. Thank you for that. A little quick fire round of players we don't really get to hear too much about. But let's bring in former Wolves and England winger Matt Jarvis now for his expert analysis on the season just gone. Hi, Matt. This podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the expert in men's below-the-belt grooming. Blimey. Uh, Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And Manscaped has just launched in the UK. We've gone years without using the right tools for the job. So you can be one of the first men in the country to experience Manscaped's life-changing products. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents. We've all been there. And the water-resistant technology allows you to groom whilst in the shower. Very helpful. And we've got a special offer right now for all of you listening to this very podcast. Get 20% off and free shipping right now by using the code EPL20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% with all free shipping at manscaped.com by using the code EPL20. Happy shaving. Hi, Matt. Hi, how are we doing? Very well, thank you. Wolves doing well has been uh, rather handy for business, I guess, in your fledgling media punditry career. <laughs> yeah, it's been enjoyable. Um, you know, being able to sort of follow the journey, I suppose, for this season. And, and it's uh, it's been a fantastic season, to be honest. Um, just, I don't know, I, I would say disappointing end just because of, even if you say from the start of the season, the outlook and finishing seventh is a fantastic achievement. Uh, anyone that's a neutral fan watching Wolves this season has been a revelation. It's been so enjoyable. It's had everything. It's had goals. It's had really good performances. It's just... For me, just at the end, you just—it's just a little bit disappointing. But overall, you can't—if you, you said before the start of the season you'd, you'd play how you've done you'd, uh, and finish seventh and and you know get do really well in the Europa League when everyone was sort of saying how you know the squad's not big enough, the you know it started so early they're going to run out of steam. Everything they've—they've they've just blown everyone away with how well they've done. So it's been a huge success, really. It does seem to be the consensus of Wolves fans on Twitter who've been in touch with us that, that in theory, it has been a great season. I need to remember that. Two points better off than the previous season, last eight of the Europa League. It was probably just the way that it did tail off in the end that's left that little sense of disappointment. Or Wolves fans are not too sure whether they should allow themselves to be disappointed or not. When you keep improving, which they have done, they've got a fantastic manager. The, the players are all improving uh, as a team and in, individually. And... You just, as you start going through the season, your expectations after another win, after another win, you're, you're expecting more and more. And, and then when it finally, at the last, you know, as you say, the last uh, last day of the, of the Europa League, you're sort of, you're, you, it's good to have that disappointment that you feel like you, you should have done better, should have got through. But at the same time, it, it's been an incredible effort, uh, such a long season. We, we all know that Nuno doesn't like to rotate as much as, as other managers and, and for them players to, to completely, just every week, to put in their performances is, is absolutely phenomenal. Right, Matt, here's a question for you, which relates to this season, but also looking ahead to next season. If Wolves didn't have Europe, and it's been an unbelievable adventure, we've all enjoyed it, without Europe, can this team properly challenge for the top four? And that kind of looks ahead to next season, you know... We're all gutted to not be in Europe, but but without it, will that benefit their league form? And if so, how high can they go? 
Yes, I th I think the way that the squad is, the way the team plays, I think it will benefit them for the league position and the performances definitely because they're, they're, the work ethic and the way that the team's set up, they they can play both sort of both ways. They can sit back and suck up pressure, and then they've got incredible pace that they can blitz and go forward. But you, they can also still go out and press teams and still got the capability of doing that. I think a fresh team playing Saturday Saturday with without all the travelling and the Sunday Thursday games. Uh, I think it'll be a huge difference for, for Wolves next season. The, and it will help with the for Nuno. He likes that smaller squad, being able to keep everyone fresh. And, and I just think it will benefit them. Obviously, everyone wants to be in Europe and, and the players want to be in Europe and the fans want to have, you know eventually get back in and, and watch them and travel. But it will benefit them next season. And it, it should be one that they'll be able to, you know, top six. I think maybe top four is probably just a little bit too far at the moment, but you know, to be able to get in the top six, I think, you know, after being two points better off this season than they were last, I think they could, with you know, no Europa League games, I think they could definitely push for, for a top six position. Do you think they'll need to strengthen considerably to even just stand still, given the improvement of the teams around them, thinking the likes of Arsenal getting better, with Chelsea have recruited and they're getting stronger, Manchester United are linked with various players and, and they've improved too? You have to, you have to improve. You have to bring in better players, not players that are at the same level. You have to bring in better players because you can't sit still, especially in the Premier League. Everyone's going to be improving their squad and teams are always going to be getting better. And that's what Wolves have to do. You know, they've got exceptional players that they're improving season by season and they've got to keep hold of them players. And then they've got to add to it and strengthen it. And I'm sure Nuno's... Uh, already alluded to that in in his after the Europa League that he he wants to add strength in depth as well. Matt, as a fellow two-footed forward as Diogo Jota is, his his season has been interesting. He's he scored sixteen in all competitions, but he's he's been very streaky with his goals and he's tailed off a bit towards the end to the extent where he was second sub against um, Olympiacos, you know, not sorry, against yeah. Sevilla. Not only did he not start, he didn't come until 10 minutes from the end. I mean, I think he's he's an absolute superstar in the making still. But what from what you've seen of him, what does he need to do more of? It's consistency. Everyone talks about it. And as a, as a sort of a wide player come striker, you, you're always going to be judged on your goals or your assists and and for him, sometimes in, in games, it's it's hard to sort of stay in games all of the time and be effective because, you know, either the ball's staying on the right-hand side a lot of the time when you've got Traore in the team. You know, sometimes the team's just not playing that well and it's hard to get hold of the ball when you are under pressure a lot. So it's hard to stay in the game as as much as you you want to. But he is effective when, it, like you said, when he gets on a run, he's scoring a few goals, he, he goes on little streaks. And, and when he's not going through... Uh, one of them times, he just needs to keep working, keep doing exactly the same positivity that he that he usually brings. And he's very direct and he runs straight at goal. He doesn't miss around. And I think that's one of the biggest strengths that he's got. Where do you stand on the fact that they'll only have really between two and three weeks off between seasons? Do you think that's really enough to recharge the batteries? Will Will they be OK, given modern medical science? I used to like having like a couple of weeks completely sort of I say off, I would do a few gym sessions, but like off from all of the training and the running, and then you slowly get yourself back in. But I think it's been it's been so difficult, the up and down, you know, with trying training on your own and then coming back in twos and fours and sixes and then being back into the, the swing of things. 
it will be difficult, but with all of the technology and the way that Nuno and his staff run things, I'm sure the Wolves players, with their injury record, it's, it's absolutely incredible. So I'm sure they're going to be on top of things and ready to go. And are you going to be ready to go? Are you getting a nice break, going somewhere fancy and swish? I am not going anywhere. I'm staying at home. I am uh, yeah, going to be trying to keep on top of everything and get back to pre-season and uh, going to hopefully enjoy my season as well. So looking forward to getting back involved and, and playing games and being part of uh, you know the, the training and the banter and the change room and that feeling of walking out onto the pitch and, and hopefully scoring goals. So I'll be looking forward to doing that as, as much as every other Wolves player will be looking to get back into the Premier League. So you're still with Woking another season then at least? Yes, I'm signed up for the season and then we'll see from there. Excellent. Well, good luck with that. Enjoy your pre-season. Yes, thank you very much. And thank you so much for joining us again on the Molyneux View. Cheers, Matt. Pleasure. Interesting views from Matt there on Wolves' prospects of breaking into the top four or even top six. Yeah, that's just sort of go around my head really among the many other things that float around my brain is what if they hadn't had Europa League this season? You know, where where would they have finished without those extra games? And I think if you look where they were, a couple of points off fourth, you know, post-lockdown after those three wins, I think tiredness got the better of them personally. And those, you know, I know they had the lockdown break, but then there was no mental switch off. And then there was the, lots of games in quick succession. And I think you've seen that with Man United and, and, and a lot of the top leagues around Europe. You look at the four Champions League semi-finalists coming from France who had, time off no league restart and Germany who finished their league earlier than anyone else they've got the four semi-finalists I, I think I think it I think it all makes sense um, my mate Pete who's a massive Villa fan but keeps a close eye on Wolves he's got a soft spot for Wolves he's a good lad Pete, he has not he just says that when you're with him and it's your <laughs> round no he because te- we put a tweet we put a tweet out asking for opinions earlier and he texted me a good point he said as a Villa fan he knows about a team finishing on the cusp of Champions League but then falling away you know they finished six three years in a row how do you then do it again you know, he says, will Wolves find it difficult to make that next step? What players do they need? If they don't manage it next season, are they, are they in danger of losing Nuno, Jimenez, Bali, etc.? It's a good point. I think they will find it difficult. You know, the effort and the money it's taken to get to seventh and will have to be at least replicated again, I think, to reach the top four, at least again. They need massive investment. And I think they need to evolve the team. You know, they need to satisfy the ambitions of Nuno, of Jimenez, of Traore, of Neves. Um, can they become a top four side with this kind of counter-attacking style of play and you know a, a small goal difference? History suggests not. Um, I think they need to become a more of a complete side really to dominate games. You know they control they can control games without the ball, but not so much with it. Certainly against the better teams, and that takes time. It takes a cohesive plan. Um, Man United are grappling with similar issues. You know they're very good on the counters that, but they're struggling to dominate games because they haven't got players at the back who can necessarily play so I think one more season will be nice you know to see a bit of loyalty repaid Wolves have kind of presented Jimenez and Traore and Nuno to the world you know and given them this platform and this stage and I think I think one more year from each of these people it'd be nice to see a bit of loyalty repaid and personally you know Matt Matt Jarvis says top six I think top four is is they can push for it I think they can push for it without these European games on the proviso that they keep this squad that Nuno stays and they make some savvy additions because recruitment was poor last summer. It's got to be exceptional now. If all those boxes are ticked, they can they can push for top four. I really think they can. And improving the squad quite clearly has to be done. Uh, when is the transfer deadline, by the way, please? Is it October the 5th? 
they've got a little bit of time. They just need they need squad. They need they need a good bench. They haven't got a good bench, and they couldn't they couldn't rotate uh, towards the end of the season as much as they wanted. Gibbs White, a, a positive attacking midfielder, he should be coming on. They should be they should be confident enough to use him. For example, but they weren't. So they need they need strengthening in the, in those areas. That's 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 what they've got to do this summer. Okay, it is time for. The Molyneux View End of Season Awards. Now, Tim, would you please reveal your player of the season? Player, it's got to be, it's got to be Jimenez. It's got to be Jimenez. I think they'd be a bit lost without him. And he's a bit unique and he's a bit special. And he's a lovely guy. Well, he's an all-round player and human being of the season, isn't he? Apart, apart from Conor Cody. Human being of the season, I like that Human award. being of the season. He's, <laughs> he's a good lad, but um, this is a Conor Cody podcast. So, uh, young player of the season. I think, yeah, I said earlier, it's got, it's got to be Neto. It's got to be Neto. He's fearless at times. Really good performances on big stages and uh, bodes very well. Like I said, they spent a lot of money on him, so you would expect it, but he's he's done well. He's done very His well. His goal at West Ham as well. A beautiful volley. Oh, yeah. After lockdown, that was wonderful. And he did say in an interview, it sort of got lost a little bit, but it's the sort of thing that just stays in the back of your mind. A bit like when Sir Alex Ferguson said Phil Jones could go on to become the greatest player that Man United have ever had. Just that sort of thing that sticks in your mind when Pedro Neto did an interview saying that he wants to become the best player in the world. How much potential do you reckon he actually has? He's got something about him. I remember when he scored the goal that never was at Anfield and he was giving it the big one to the cop and he was like shushing him and like, he's got something about him. He has. He's, he's a fearless young lad. He's uh, People at Wolves are very excited about him. I'm so impressed with the four forwards they've managed to managed to pull together. You know, you look at where they need to improve the squad this season, not not in the forward areas. Traore, Jota, Pedence and Neto. I mean, what a... What a what a Not in the forward area. They is. do need another striker, though, obviously. No, a striker, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they need a striker, but not, not wide forward. forward. Yeah, that, yeah. That, yeah okay. A class as forwards either side. Mm. Exceptional. And I can't wait to see how he, how he progresses next season. Okay, well, this one, you wouldn't tell me. I just asked you just before we did this little bit, and I was like, what was your goal of the season? And you were like, you need to wait. You gave me those steely eyes from, what was the baddie in Rocky? What was the one with uh, the I've hair? Never what? Do you know, I knew exactly you were going to say what and you were going to say it in that way. I knew that was coming. You have seen Rocky. You're just winding me up. (laughs) No, I haven't. No, no, got no interest. Okay, Adonis, the producer. Can you, what was Ivan Drago? You don't know who Ivan, you don't know who Ivan Drago is? Tony Drago. Oh my. So hang on, when I messaged you the other day going, Adrian, you probably thought I was talking about the the West Ham goalkeeper. Uh, I had a little smile, got the reference, but it wasn't really that funny, was it? Well, this is your homework. You've got three weeks off. Okay, so goal of the season. Um, I've got three. Th- in reverse order, three would be Doherty against Man City, the last-minute winner. Exceptional movement, flick from Jimenez, brilliant. Oh, what a moment. Second would be Jimenez against Burnley. That volley, the technique, the power. Do you remember it kind of yes, yes. drops oh, yes. sort of every shoulder? Uh, number one, it's got to be, has to be, must be, Ruben Neves, Espanyol, the volley. Don't tell me you've forgotten. Not Tottenham away. Not the amazing turn from from Jota and the run, and then the. Yeah. You're joking. Do you not remember the Neves volley? Yeah, I was there. I was sitting next to you. Do you think that was goal of the season? (laughs) Ah, well, the ball the ball comes down from about fifty feet in the air, and he chests it and volleys it in one movement into the corner. Yeah. Oh no, it was stunning. We had to sit. We had to sit there on our fists, didn't we? Yeah, stunning goal. I was just surprised that the um, that the Jota Jimenez one from Tottenham away. Thrilling comeback. Yeah, that's fourth. Very good goal. 
Yeah, high standards. Fourth. Interesting. Do tweet Tim, Tim you're disgusted at him not having <laughs> watched a Rocky movie, won't you? And also send him your views on the goal of the season. No, 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 you're right. You're right. Never. It, it was an absolutely stunning, stunning piece of quality. I guess that I've always, always preferred the, the team goals where there's so much more that has to happen for no, a goal a bit, to be scored rather like than... That rather than one swish of a boot, but I, I totally agree. I mean, I did watch the Derby one from a couple of years ago, a million times over. So, Okay, moving on to the Tim Spears Alternative Awards. We'll have a bit of fun with this. Must do better award. Uh, game time has been limited, but you got to say Gibbs White hasn't done it with the opportunities had. Okay, most underrated player. I still think Doherty. I th- do you? Apart from Alexander-Arnold, who do you want as, 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 your, as your right wing back? I just, I just don't think he gets anywhere near the praise that, that he deserves, especially the, the journey he's been on coming through League One as well. Yeah, I mean, the only reason I'm questioning it is because I think we talk about him quite a lot and say how brilliant he is, but you're right. We we're do, not just talking about, we're not talking about this part, are we? We're talking generally. Yeah, people, yeah maybe not. And, and the, the fact that he's got always have the same in, number which... of Premier League goals as Adama Traore has, by the way, as well, in four. He's got seven in all comps. That's more than Traore this season. Phenomenal. And some of the fans just don't, still don't take to him and they're always on his back when he makes one mistake. I see. Are they really? I've heard you say this before, and I've, I've not heard any stick for. Yeah, but I, I get I, mean, I get I, I get down you. and dirty on Twitter. I, I see all of it. Mm. I think you know, you, yeah, you, you you try and keep your hands clean of all that sometimes, don't you? But oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Well, <laughs> that that concerns me. But no, you're right. I'm not going to look at that. Um, let's go on to funniest moment. What is your funniest moment of the season? Um, it was almost your squeal when you said you were lapping up my content. Um, a few weeks ago and you started squealing squealing and grunting as you've, as you've just started again um, <laughs> they did edit out about two minutes of non-stop giggling they did I would say I'd go right right back to the to the start of the season and to Jackie's still laughing away on Zoom there it's just she's got this professional facade but it just slips very easily um, I'm going to go all the way all the way back to China. It's sort of surreal and funny, but back in China at the start of the scene, you had Steve Bull in a China shop, hey. and you had Connor Cody just with the most befuddled look of anyone I've ever seen in my life. He was like, "What the hell am I doing here?" <laughs> with a, a room full of screaming Chinese fans at this new club shop they're opening in Shanghai, and then you had this wolfy mascot, a Chineseified wolfy mascot. It made him. <laughs> yes. It was it was absolutely bizarre and hilarious. Gosh, yeah, thirteen months ago that was, wasn't it? Oh my goodness! I saw all the, all the pictures on on Twitter coming back. What on earth is going on out there? And the fashion show as well. Mental. It's extraordinary, absolutely extraordinary scenes. Um, let's go for the oh dear, most devastating moment of the season. I would I would say even more than Sevilla because that was justified. Sevilla deserved to win that game. It was only a matter of time. But the Burnley penalty killed me. Uh, I still haven't got over it. And if they'd have won at Burnley, you know, they could have gone to Stamford Bridge with a chance of Champions League and toppling Chelsea. But Mike Dean, and that was it, 96th minute? I mean, they should have won the game before that and they were allowing pressure to build at the end. But still, that was that was devastating. 100%. I'm still not over it. I've woke up for mm. days thinking about Mike Dean afterwards. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Bit of concern, isn't it? Um, no, that was awful. The fact that they lost those two points, which cost them in the end. Uh, dreadful, dreadful. A backroom staff member of the year award. Now, I wanted to put this one in because we often say on here, don't we? We often give them huge amounts of credit. The medical team, the the recovery work that's done, the sports science, phenomenal. And um, when Nuno wins manager of the month, he wants all the team out, rightly so. But let's name and 
glorify one or two of them. Well, Antonio Diaz, Antonio Diaz is is the brainchild behind their incredible powers of recovery, and you know he's the he's the medical fitness guru to end all gurus, and the technology and the techniques he uses are, are very advanced and superior to a lot of Premier League clubs. But I would all, I would say just I don't know if it's Julio or Julio, because I just don't know Jackie. I don't know those kind of details, but. Mr. Figueroa, who's sort of like their mind coach, really. People would have seen him. He wears funny coloured glasses. I think they're blue. And no no hair on top. And he's worn, worn a very prominent face mask during since post-lockdown. He's like their mind coach. And he's played a crucial role of recovery as well in between games. And lots of things about meditation and sleep patterns. And everyone can... I know he worked quite a bit with the Dharma Traore last summer as well in terms of positive mindset. So... He's not a football coach as such. I think he's he's some kind of psychological genius from his time in Barcelona, and um, written a bit about him earlier in the season. And I think uh, yeah, an undervalued member, deliberately not put into the public eye of of their backroom staff. I could do with an hour with him after my camping trip this weekend to try and get my body and mind <laughs> I, right. I just just to add on that, the players and I completely agree would say Dr. Matt Perry, who's guided them by the hand through the last few months and they've coped with lockdown and COVID really, really well and uh, he's been um, a very reassuring presence throughout. Lovely We're not having a... Man. Yes, absolutely. We're not having a Director of the Year award but I would urge people to go back and listen to the John Goff podcast that we did earlier in the season um, because his passion about being a Wolves director and offering a great deal as well in terms of uh, his construction background was just fascinating to listen to. So I'll throw that one in there. Uh, most likely to make the Breakthrough Next Season Award. I think Vinagra to the nation because people don't really know who he is. I mean, we all do. Uh, I think he could break through with the six months he may get at left wing back. Uh, for Wolves fans, Jordao could be one. I mean, people still haven't seen much of him yet, but yeah, he, he could be one. We'd love to think it might be Campana, but we've frankly no idea. No idea. No idea. Not a clue. The Connor Cody Media Darling Award goes to... I think Connor Cody. (laughs) It has to, to, just from being just a a fabulous captain, fabulous footballer, but just a wonderful human being. We we do love the the human being that is Connor Cody. At least cooperative with the Media Award. Oh, I'm getting you in trouble here, aren't I? Blimey. Um... Who haven't I spoken to? Not many interviews coming out this season from from like the hierarchy. Um, come on, Jeff. Let's get just get Jeff on the pod. Come on. Yeah, perfect platform um, for you, Jeff. If you'd love to come and talk to us about your plans, so, plans for the stadium, yeah. that'd be great. That's a tricky one to answer because a lot of them don't do domestic press, but they do overseas press, and they've had a lot of demands on them this season. It's a smaller squad, and Wolves are in the spotlight. I know the I know the media team worked really hard at, at getting them out. John Ruddy, haven't spoke to him all year. Been terrible. <laughs> okay but yeah but I mean kind of joking aside it is important to hear from people at the club isn't it from the hierarchy I mean we used to hear a lot more Laurie Dalrymple did more interviews didn't he and Matt Wilde was brilliant when he came on here really really top man um, so it would be good to hear more from Jeff Shee I guess there is a serious point to be made there in terms of the vacuum at the moment because you had yes you had Laurie and Kevin Thelwell who, who would speak pretty regularly before that, Jez Moxie used to do loads. Um, now, you know, Jeff, I don't think Jeff's done much recently. Nuno doesn't really do those big what's happening interviews and doesn't really talk about recruitment or the stadium or whatever. So there is a bit there is a bit of a vacuum now in terms of who's going to communicate from the club. 
Um, but that's, I think that's an issue they need to address maybe going forward. Or maybe they don't see it as a problem because, you know, the club's doing so well and people aren't banging away on Twitter saying, where is everybody? But, you know, if things did start going badly, then that's when they need people to to front up. Well, they do anyway. They, they just need more regular communication, I think. Hmm. There was a, a couple of hours sit-down interview that Nuno did a few months ago, wasn't there, when, when the Sunday newspaper journalists were absolutely raving the time they got with him. And he was completely open and he absolutely enjoyed talking for those couple of hours but um yeah but things like the big issues like i said like stadium yes. like income like where's this club going in the next 10 years you know you, mm. you you do need to hear from from the club now and again as, as to what the vision is yeah absolutely couldn't agree more your most stressful moment of the season tim oh, it's oh, flying has been very stressful at times uh missed a couple of flights um had half an hour to get through tbilisi airport on the way to armenia that was very stressful um, my name was actually called at an airport once because I was running so late. They, I think it was Frankfurt on the way back from Istanbul. They were like, can Tim Spears move his ass and get to the, what's it? Well, they didn't say oh. that, but, but yeah, yeah. Um, I would say, again, I'm going to go back to Shanghai, trying to feed myself for eight days, you know, couldn't eat out every day. Uh, I, was on, I was on Express and Star expenses at the time, Jackie, you know. Um, so um, I went to supermarket and I bought meat, from Shanghai supermarket in Shanghai, it didn't say. It just said meat. Oh, it no. looked beefy, um, oh. so I, I just went for it. Um, but taking that first bite was very stressful. But it tasted beefy, so that was good enough for me. Oh, I did five weeks going around China for the Women's World Cup, the BBC, in 2007. And I've never been more hungry in my life. Just trying to grab some food was impossible because everywhere you look, you just want a little sandwich equivalent shop or something where you could just grab and go. And all you could see was live frogs and live chickens outside shops. And you were thinking, nah, you're all right. I'm not one to be going to McDonald's all over the world, but there was a, there was a benefit of seeing Starbucks, that's for sure. Um, okay, finally on this front, your your favourite five articles from the season, because you have written some fabulous, fabulous stuff, but what are your favourite five? Cheers, Bab. You were kind enough to tip me off about this in advance so I could have a little think. So um, if I was, if I was going to say to people to sign up and what to read, I would say um, I really enjoyed doing a piece on how Wolves players recover. Which has probably been the most, the best received. Uh, that was after Istanbul and pre Man City. You know what they what they eat, what they do, what exercises, what do they do, the things they wear, how much sleep they get, the unbelievable NASA esque technology. No, no exaggeration that they use in terms of ice recovery and things like that. Lots of detail. I love doing that. Did a piece recently about um, the players, all the Portuguese players, and where they live and their little community in Technol and Compton. That was good fun. Went to Amsterdam to interview John de Wolf. That was a bit of a laugh. That was great. Spent a few hours with Big John. He remembers his time at Wolves very fondly. A tough life, I did a big... thought, isn't it? Carry on. <laughs> in uh, in Barcelona, I did a big Traore backgrounder on where he was from and spoke to some of his coaches at Barcelona, which was that was great. Enjoyed doing that. Uh, did Walter Zenger on the phone. That was fun. And fairly recently, as I just alluded to earlier, a big piece on Wolves' backroom team. Um, the Band of Brothers, as we kind of coined it, the Nuno's very close backroom team and what all their strengths are. That was good. Oh, and uh, one on the Molyneux subway, that was fun as well. <laughs> it was like, does it stink a piss or is it is it an iconic walkway? Um, so that was fun exploring that issue. But that's the great, that's, I tell you, in a serious point, that's the great thing about The Athletic is you get time and depth to cover these subjects like you wouldn't be able to do normally. So we kind of take a step back and we're allowed the time and space to explain 
and report things in great detail. You know, that's what's been so satisfying about trying to tell these stories to the fans. So um, hopefully, hopefully you've enjoyed reading it and uh, I can't wait, can't wait to write some more next season. Yeah, absolutely. I've loved all those ones that you mentioned. The one about the the Portuguese community in Wolverhampton. That was brilliant. I think we should go to, is it Fume? I think for a bit of a Mm. a post-season. They have invited me. Yeah, yeah, we should go. They have not. They've invited you. Yeah, yeah, they said I should go down, yeah. And you're plus one? (laughs) Plus one? Can I bring my husband? Is that right? Can I bring Jamie? You mean Jamie? Yeah, come on. Good night out, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as mum can have the kids, that'd be great. Let's do it. I want some of that pasta that Dendonka has because his stats are amazing. <laughs> um, so to read all of Tim's articles, go to theathletic.co.uk. If you haven't subscribed as yet, then stick a forward slash wolves pod on the end and you get your first 30 days free. I really, really, really do recommend that you do that uh, because he's got some, uh, some, some great stuff that he's... Um, researched and written over the season. Now it is time for some tweets, my friend. Hit me. Now, as a listener of this podcast, you can start shaving with Harry's today by claiming your trial set for £3.95. Support our podcast and get your set delivered to you, including a razor handle, five-blade cartridge, foaming shave gel and travel blade cover by going to harrys.com forward slash view right now. That's harrys.com forward slash view. Clive Hill, we need to stop being so reticent in the first half. Clearly, it's a tactic to absorb pressure and size the team up, ready for Nuno to set them free in the second half. It's been the same since the championship. Against some teams, we need to take the game to them. And Tim, that is borne out. The fact that Wolves barely score early on. The eighth-minute goal recently, the penalty we were saying by Jimenez, but size ninth-minute at Everton, and then Dendonka, 14th-minute January against Newcastle and that is it for the first 15 minutes out of 59 games it is extraordinary yeah if we're looking for improvements next season that that's one 90 minute performances please can't have can't have this first half malarkey again it uh, it'll cost them richard would you rather wolves stay at molyneux and be a top 10 club with the occasional foray into the europa league or build a 50,000 seat stadium on the m54 and be a perennial top 4 team I know what he's getting. It doesn't have to be one or the other, does it? I think I think they can do Molyneux. His tweet and... says it does. His tweet says it does. <laughs> um, oh God, I'd never want to leave Molyneux, but if they could build... We've seen stadiums work elsewhere, right? Arsenal's stadium, Man City stadium. I think uh, I think you'd take the second one, wouldn't you? If you're going to be top four team, as long as they did it right. Now, I've seen a few tweets. Forgive me, I can't pick out one in particular. I've seen quite a few tweets about formation and questioning whether Wolves should always play with the three centre-halves and whether Nuno should be considering changing it. I did a bit of research, spent way too much time on it, actually. But about Nuno's only full season that he had at Valencia, when they finished fourth, a brilliant fourth, by the way, they only lost five out of 38 games and they took four points off Real Madrid. Um, Only Barcelona, who won the league that season, lost fewer games than Nuno's Valencia. But looking at his formations for every league game that season, he only actually played a back three on a couple of occasions. But he did have now Arsenal's Shkodran Mustafi and Man City's Nicholas Otamendi in central defence. And they are very, very different types of players to the likes of Conor Cody, who's certainly not a physical specimen in terms of a big, rugged centre-half. And so it's mostly 4-4-2, 4-3-3, 4-2-3-1. And he didn't play a back three until December, you know, for a couple of games, including beating Real Madrid with Otamendi, who was often man of the match, in the centre of a back three. And I thought that was fascinating because people think of him as being a three centre-half manager. Yeah, he's played different formations throughout his career. I think he's 
he's come up with this formula for for Wolves to a not get beat and and b win games in the past three years. But as we said earlier, if they're going to evolve and become a top four team, then they need to expand. And if they're going to expand, they need better individuals at the back, you know, defensively that can hold their own more, and so that, which allows them gives them more of a license to push up the field. Um, knowing that they can leave a few more gaps at the back and take a few more risks. But I think if, if they did that at the moment, they'd get a bit found out. So I agree. I don't think that's for next season, but that's something they need to look at if Nuno's going to stay long-term for the next kind of two, three years. Yeah, Paco Alcacer is his main striker, the the Spain centre-forward. So he had a lot of quality in that side. But looking at how often he played 3-4-1-2, for example, I was just looking at it thinking, Saiz, Cody, Bolly, Johnny or Vinagre at left wing-back, Neves or Matinho or... Dendonka in the centre with Doc as the right wing back. And then potentially, and it is potential, and they do talk about him in glowing terms, Morgan Gibbs-White, I wonder whether he might play in the hole behind Jota and Raul Jimenez, which doesn't leave space for Adama Traore, but of course they're going to change different things each week and there's still the question mark over his shoulder injury and is he better off the bench? It just it just made me think a little bit about if they did change things up a bit. Yeah, the, be- the best teams are able to adapt and... Wolves can't do that unless they have a number 10 um, or unless they maybe have a solid back four. That Those are the two ways that, that would change it. But at the moment, it's quite rigid. It's 3-4-3, it's 3-5-2. Um, it makes them predictable, but also they know it inside out and it makes them very hard to beat. Craig, do you agree that some of the fans' favourites may need shipping out if we're to compete for the top six or at the very least their position in the team needs to be severely threatened in this transfer window? Um, depends who he means by fans' favourites, really. I'm not sure. I don't think... I don't think Nuno really has favourites. I think Jota's maybe coming for a bit of stick this season and people think he's been too loyal to him. But if you look at the end of the season, you know, Jota was out of the team. So I'm not sure who that would be, really. Um, but obviously, yeah, the team needs to evolve and and, and some, some very, very good players in this first 11 would need to be on the bench, I think, for this team to become a, a real top four team. But hey, he's done it before. Costa, Cav, Douglas, he's been ruthless and he'll be ruthless again, I'm sure. Andy Roden, incredible progress. Nuno knows that this side with one or two top-class additions will be a match for anyone. We need consistency, our fans, and routine back. Without distractions, we'll finish top four next season with maybe a good cup run too. Nuno will be 100% focused on this goal. David Wilding says, best Wolves team of my lifetime in a brilliant season, albeit tinged with a bit of what might have been. I think back to us conceding the first goal in so many home matches mid-season. Steve Phillips, decent campaign, can see progress, better against lower teams, etc. Sell Jota, he's too streaky to rely on, getting genuine goal scorer to partner Raul. And an attacking midfielder who can play a pass, need more options than just going wide. A right centre-back too, then bring on a few kids. Tricky window this year. And Jamie Walters says, start the season 100%, you take seventh place with a better points tally and a quarter-final of the Europa League. However, when we got to the last few games, it seems like a missed opportunity to push on. The Champions League was there and it's disappointing not to have Europe again. Centre-back, a number 10 and a centre-forward needed. Gerber, excellent year, all things considered. Such a slow start to the season, but a double over Man City and some great games. I'd love to see us bolster the midfield. And Matt T says, summer signings needed. Nuno, contract extension with all demands met. A uh, left back on loan as backup cover for Johnny. A right back, a centre back, a centre mid. And a striker, that's without anybody leaving. But honestly, I can only really see Jimenez going. Matthew Scrivens, before a ball was kicked, I think we all would have taken this without hesitation. It's been a wonderful season overall, the occasional disappointment, of course, but it's those that build character as a supporter. We go again in September, hopefully on to bigger and better things. 
And we were asked about an update for Wolves women. They are back in training and they will be starting their season on the 20th of September. They beat Newcastle United 2-1 a couple of days ago in the first of seven friendlies. And they've made some new signings. So look out for the Wolves website, wolves.co.uk, for the latest on those new signings. There's some interviews with new players. The likes of midfielder Kate Evans from Coventry United. And central defender Kelly Darby, who was a former West Brom captain, by the way, is going to be playing for Wolves Ooh. next season. At no, welcome, um, welcome. I tell you, yes, welcome. You've, you've done the right thing. Um, so, yes, yeah, so keep an eye out on the Wolves women who are looking to make up for that horrible disappointment of absolutely smashing the league last year and having the season null and voided. So they're going to aim to do it all over again. And we are going to do it all over again. Um, I've also just got a very, very quick update on... Um, we mentioned this a couple of times in the past few months about the looking to build a temporary stand at the corner of Molyneux. So I've had a couple of questions about what's happening with that. I mean, they're nowhere near getting fans back in the ground, let alone a capacity stadium. So there's no need for that temporary stand to be built. However, they do have planning permission. Um, because of its location, as in it's right in the corner, it's sort of out of the way, they can re- they can really build it any time. So I think that's one that they'll look to construct once we know when there's going to be capacity crowds back in again. But uh, that will happen as and when. Goodness, I can't wait to get fans back in. I know it's not going to be full capacity to start with, but I mean, it's completely out of everybody's control, but it it really has been just awful for fans to miss out on this latter stages of the season. And we all know why, we understand it. Health and safety comes first, trying to blitz this awful virus, but we cannot wait until we get the full capacity. I mean, that goal I was talking about, Tottenham away just before lockdown at the start of March. And away fans were just absolutely fabulous and just... Can't wait to get all that back. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. We don't talk about it every week because it's become the new norm now. But it, it leaves me with a feeling of emptiness. You know, it's a privilege and an honour to be to be allowed into these into the stadiums to watch Wolves matches still. But it's not the same. It's not. It's just a feeling of emptiness before, during, and after the game. You know, Nuno summed it up in those words. I think a few weeks ago, and that's exactly how I see it. But that's what that's one of the things that excites me for next season. You know, there's been a few questions: Can Wolves get up for next season? There's a quick turnaround. There's no Europe. Premier League's not a novelty anymore. That's what gets me excited: fans returning, local derbies. You know, the the evolution of the greatest Wolves team in in my lifetime in almost half a century. You know, they they will produce greatness next season. They will. They'll produce some amazing moments for us. And without Europe, as we discussed with Matt Jarvis, you know, what can this team do? Let's see. Yeah, there's so much to look forward to. And especially if they bring in a couple of quality additions as well, then it should be very exciting at Molyneux next season. Well, thank you, Tim, for your insight all this season. Well, since January 21st, to be precise, on the Molyneux view. I can't believe we've only been doing it since January. It feels like we've been going all campaign. Every week since January? We haven't had a week off, have we? I don't think. Even during lockdown? No. I no. did, you know, this, we did did some did some good interviews in the in the summer. I think that people can sort of timeless ones that people can go and listen back to. You mentioned John Goff, and there was Connor Cody, Steve Morgan, Jordan Graham. He was very good as well. Kevin Thelwell. So um, no, it's been Steve it's Davis, been a great, under 18s coach on on the next generation coming through. It's been brilliant. It's an oasis in my week, Jackie. And now you're leaving us for three <laughs> weeks, you great big meanie. Although I think technically this is a week off and you are actually working on that. So thank you. But both of us are going to be away next week separately. I'll be in Cornwall. I don't know where you'll be. Anywhere fun that you want to tell us? Uh, I don't know yet, but I'll, I'll be away somewhere. Going to escape. You're going somewhere. Oh, you're very, 
Very coy. Keep your cards close to your chest, which is um, your prerogative. And then I'll be back the following week. And then Tim will return in three weeks' time, all very fresh and ready to go. And we've been overwhelmed, by the way, with the response to this podcast from social media. So thank you so much for all your feedback and on iTunes, the reviews that you've left, etc. Really, really appreciate it. Now to subscribe so that we can actually make this podcast happen, then please do go to theathletic.co.uk forward slash Wolves pod for the first 30 days free. And if you search for Tim Spears in the search function, then you get all of Tim's work come up and you can gorge yourselves on his content for the next three weeks before he returns. I'll be back in a fortnight with a mystery guest. Looking forward to it already. Bye for now.